الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أولم نعمركم ما يتذكر فيه من تذكر وجاءكم النذير وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بادروا بالأعمال الصالحة فتكون فتنا كقطع الليل المظلم يصبح الرجل مؤمنا ويمسي كافرا ويمسي مؤمنا ويصبح كافرا يبيع دينه بعرض من الدنيا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسى سبت العلماء الكرام <coughs> the world has become a very small place it is now called the global village this too has been an old term that has been coined now it is perhaps something even smaller than a global village something that happens in one part of the world then instantly people in another remote corner of the world are aware of it what has happened how it has happened what the extent of any damage that happened all the various details that go with it instantly people in the remotest corner of the world away from this incident would know about it so this is the global village that it has become but the issue is and the question is that when the world has become so small then what has been our response in terms of taking a lesson from what goes on around the world like for example something happens in our immediate neighborhood many a times it happens there is some incident allah taala save us somebody has been martyred murdered few doors away down the road so the whole neighborhood becomes very concerned people start taking extra precaution in the entire neighborhood some neighborhood watch would start off and various other measures people would start taking would start banding together because something has happened around us something has happened down the road something has happened a few doors away so that response that happens because something has happened down the road the whole world has become now a global village and the whole world has become like one small little community like something happens down the road the whole road every person in that neighborhood comes to know about it in minutes perhaps quicker than that now we get to know what happened in some remote part of the world and what is happening around the world is well known to us the tragedy is that many a times these things become just news items and when there is an overindulgence in just listening to news and following news then the intensity of something the reality that is in it the tragedy that is in there sometimes that escapes us it hurts us for a moment it affects us for a moment we perhaps might be moved to put our hands in our pocket to spend something in the cause that will help people in distress somewhere when there's some appeal made if there is some collective dua taking place or some announcement that there will be some yasin sharif khatam or something then we would also perhaps become part of it but after that life carries on the ibrat and the lesson like that something that took place few doors away down the road which moved every person in the neighborhood made everybody start taking precautions everybody is taking extra security measures that doesn't seem to happen when we see all the things happening around the world despite it being coming the global village that it is this is something very far away from us and this is something we are immune to it happens to others 
it is not something that can be possible to happen to us. Allah Ta'ala save us. Allah Ta'ala keep one and all in His protection. Allah Ta'ala protect the lives, the iman, the amal, the wealth, the properties, the honor of every Muslim. But this is something to always never just look at it like something that is happening far away in some remote part of the world and it doesn't concern us and at the most if it concerns us then we would perhaps help out in some financial way and we'll carry on with our lives as we are. We don't have to make any adjustment in the way we continuing with life. Whereas this is far from the aspect that Nabi Islam himself has warned about 14 centuries ago. Allah's Nabi Islam addressed the Sahaba and said to them, Badiru bil saliha. Don't take it just casual that, well, I'll do good deeds later. If I'm performing uh, three namazes now, well, to make it five, still this time, I'll do it some other time. Let me now carry on. Later on, then I'll start performing my fajr also. Now, life can carry on. If somebody is performing his five times salah, but the jamaat is not there, later on, inshallah, the time will come. Or somebody is performing his five times salah with jama also, but there are other aspects in his life, there are sins in his life, later on we'll, we'll give it up. Somebody is not guarding his gaze, there's still time now, later on. Nabi Islam is saying there isn't later on. Badiru bil a'mal saliha. That rush towards good deeds, don't delay it for another time. Another time might be too late. Another time might not come. Nabi Islam says such fitnas are due to come upon the ummah which are like the portions of the dark night. First, the night comes in after the sun has set but it is still twilight. There's still some brightness in the horizon. It's dark but it is still slightly visible what's going on. The person says, well, it's still a lot of light now. And a little later. So a little later, then the darkness sets in a little more. It gets even darker. So he says, well, it's still not too dark, a little later. Then the third portion of the night comes, the person can't see his hand in front of his face. And now he's totally bewildered, which way does he turn, where does he walk? Whereas had he set out on his journey immediately, where it was still sunset, he would have reached before the darkness. Nabi Islam says, these fitnas will come in this manner. That a person will say, it's not too serious now. Later. Later, then it becomes more serious. We say, this too is not too bad later on. Allah forbid. Then it becomes such a situation, a person is totally bewildered. He doesn't know which way to turn. And therefore, in another hadith, Nabi Islam elaborates on this. That amal saliha must be done without delay. Because many things will just cross in a person's path. And when it crosses in his path, it's sometimes then too late. So in one hadith, Nabi Islam elaborates on this and says, Badiru bil a'mali sab'an. That before seven things come in your way, hasten towards good deeds. Don't wait. Person knows what is supposed to be done, what is lacking in one's life, or what is supposed to have been forsaken out of one's life then the steps need to be taken immediately to start moving in that direction. If the salah is not in order, the salah must start coming in order. If the zakat is not discharged, so you don't wait now that, well, this time now there's some investment in front, let's sort this out now, then the proceeds of this investment will pay the backlog also. No, no, that might not happen. The person, time has come for hajj, and hajj is far upon him. So now he makes his arrangements to start going. If something is beyond his control, it's beyond his control. But he makes his full effort to try and make it. He's made his applications, he's done whatever is necessary. Then if something is beyond his control, he's not responsible for that at that moment. But he does not delay it, well, I'm still young. So when he's going to make his hajj, when he's now too old to even walk, too old to fulfill the rights of hajj correctly, no. So Nabi Islam is saying, Badiru bil a'mali sab'an, before seven things cross your path. What are these seven things Nabi Islam talks about? Nabi Islam then 
addresses this in a different way. He says, what are you waiting for? Why isn't this movement towards righteousness? Why isn't this movement towards giving up sin? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for that poverty that will make a person forget even what is his obligations? Poverty, sometimes a person is carrying on with life, he's managing with things, and he says, well, fine, I'm okay. It is carrying on. I've got nothing to worry about. And if supposing things didn't work out for me, things went sour, then now obviously I'll have to start remembering Allah Ta'ala. So now I'll start remembering Allah Ta'ala when, now when things turn negative. And many a times, we make those kind of, we play those kind of games with Allah Ta'ala. Allah, get this, please sort this out for me, then I will sort my life out also. So, Ya Allah, you sort out this for me, then I'll become obedient to you. So, first you do my job, then I'll do yours. Nabi Islam says, sometimes, person gives sadaqah. Why? He gives sadaqah, how, how does he give sadaqah? Ya Allah, if that work of mine takes place, then I'll give thousand rands in sadaqah. So, first if that gets done, if it gets done, then I'll give thousand rands in sadaqah. Nabi Islam says, this is something that merely becomes a means of extracting something out of the miser. So first something got stuck in the process, then this thought came, okay, if it gets done, then I'll give so much. So now he makes that vow. Now that work got done, so now he is forced to give it. Whereas that is the wrong way of going about it. There's a problem, give the sadaqah and make dua, Ya Allah, with the barakat of this amal, Ya Allah, remove the difficulty from me. Now he is bargaining with Allah Ta'ala. If you do my job, I'll do yours. So the beast last asking, Hal tantaziruna illa fakram munsiya. You waiting that now if things turn sour, sometimes when it goes, Allah forbid goes sour, things go negative, a person becomes so caught up in that quest to now try and fulfill whatever his basic necessities are, he even sometimes forgets what his obligations of deen are. Forget doing something extra. He becomes totally oblivious of all his obligations. So this is not something to wait for that time. It's something to seek Allah Ta'ala's protection from it and to hasten towards righteousness. Allah Ta'ala makes things easy. Let's move ahead. He'll make it more easier. And sometimes the other way around. Nabi Salaam then says, Aw ghinan mutghiya. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for that wealth that will make a person rebellious? That wealth, every person aspires for an excess of wealth. Deep down in the heart, the person might have a little, he's also desiring for a great amount and an excess of wealth. The person who has a lot, he's still desiring more also. Wealth in itself is neither good nor bad. In itself, it doesn't have any either way. It's how the person then uses it, how he acquired it, how he uses it. But wealth, the example of wealth, is like a very spirited horse. Arab stallion, very spirited. And now it's a very spirited horse. I rode a horse one time in my life, after that I gave it up. The person who put me on the horse for the first time took me on such a long ride, that was the last time I rode. But the one lesson that was learned in it is, that it is not something that you ride to become fit. You've got to be fit before you ride. Now that spirited horse, if the person wants to ride that horse, then he needs more strength also. He needs to be very healthy. He needs to be very strong. Otherwise, he'll be somewhere and the horse will be somewhere. He will lead to his destruction with it. Because when it goes out of its out of his control because he's too weak to control it. Then he will lead to, it will lead to his destruction. It could lead to his death. So the wealth is like a very spirited horse. But in order to take the benefit of the spirited horse, if that rider is very strong, he knows how to control it, then he'll traverse far distances in a short time. He'll be way ahead. But if he doesn't know how to control it, he doesn't have the health, doesn't have the strength, it'll kill him. Likewise, that wealth, 
he needs extra spiritual strength with it. It is that spirited horse. If he has that extra taqwa, he has that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, he has that concern of akhirat, he's conscious Allah Ta'ala is watching, that I'm going to account, have to account for this on the day of qiyamah. And now he's got that spirited horse, he'll go way ahead of others also. The sahaba kiram who were not very well off, they were not very wealthy, once came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they complained that we have uh, the opportunity to do various good deeds. All the other sahaba who have wealth, they also do it. But they have some advantage over us. They spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala. They spend in the cause of deen. They spend on the orphans, the widows, etc. We're not in a position to do that. So Nabi Islam said to them, I will show you something that if you do this, you will be equal to them in the reward of their good deed, of spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So they were very excited about it. Nabi Islam said to them, after every first salah, recite Subhanallah ten times, Alhamdulillah ten times, and Allahu Akbar ten times, you will get the reward of what they are getting in spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So they were overjoyed. For them this was Eid. Because now they can earn greater rewards for the Akhirat. After some time they came back. O Nabi of Allah Wasallam, We started doing this. But this message got around. That this is the fazilat. This is the virtue of this amal. What a simple amal. What an easy amal. And yet such great rewards. Everybody is doing it. Even those who are spending in the cause of Allah Ta'ala. They are doing it also. So they are doing this also. And they are still spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala. They are getting double. So Nabi Sallallahu said, I will tell you something that they cannot spend, whatever they spend, you will still equate more than that. You recite these tasbihat 33 times after every salah. So they got very happy again, they went away. After some time they came back with the same message. Ya Nabi Allah, this is the position now that they learned about this also. So then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to them, that is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala gives it to whomsoever he desires. You'll be content with whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with. But now they had that spirited horse. They had that spiritual strength with it. And as a result, they were surpassing others. So the wealth itself is neither good nor bad. But it is that spirited horse. And with that horse, a person requires that extra strength. He requires that extra level of taqwa. Otherwise, the temptations that will grab him are far beyond the temptations that will grab a person without the wealth. The person without the wealth, he can only do so much. He can only get involved in so much. And the person with the wealth, that everything is beckoning. All, everything round, down every road is beckoning him. And that wealth can then become the source of such destruction that cannot be imagined. So Nabi Islam is saying, are you waiting for that wealth to come? Sometimes a person says, well, after I reach that target, then I will be fine. Then I will then engage in ibadah all the time. Nabi Islam is saying, are you sure? Are you sure it will work out like that? Allah forbid it mustn't go the other way. That when that wealth comes, it makes a person now rebellious. He forgets Allah Ta'ala. And now he's gone headlong into sins because he, that spirited horse, he thinks he's got everything now. But doesn't have the strength to control it. So, Or this wealth that will make, make you rebellious. How many a person starts uttering even words of kufr on the basis of that intoxication of wealth? Person says that this doesn't make sense now, that this interest is impermissible, doesn't make sense. This was perhaps for the Camel Ages. In this zamana and time, how can this we are being withheld, being held back from economic progress? Now that intoxication of wealth starts making, making a person talk. These kind of things. That now what Allah Ta'ala has made clearly impermissible, what Allah Ta'ala has waged war with person now says, I'm not worried about that. I'll wage war with Allah. Ta'ala, Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Sahib, 
once mentioned one incident that he was in those days when he was living in Moirava, he used to take a lift to travel from one point to another. And one day one person gave him a lift, very wealthy person. And now in the course of that journey, the person started talking about the same topic. And then he started talking in the same line. And he said, I don't worry about all this. This doesn't make sense to me. And after these statements that he made, he says, barely a year had passed. This person, the entire empire of his just collapsed without any apparent reason. And he became hand to mouth, begging around for basic food. So, Allah Ta'ala is bringing the same lesson to us that what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for ghinan mutghiyah? That wealth that makes a person rebellious? Then it will be too late. He'll start rebelling against Allah Ta'ala. That is too late then. Then the third thing Nabi Islam says, Oh, maradan mufsida. Are you waiting for that kind of illness to come which destroys your health? Sometimes a person says, Well, life, I'm still fine now. I'm healthy. So I must now enjoy my health. But that health, will it, how long will it last? The person says, no, later on. Later might be too late. So Nabi Islam is asking us this question. Oh, maradan mufsida. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for that health, uh, for that illness to come, which will destroy your health. Or sometimes a person says, I'm still young. Now you must live life to the full. Now you can't become an overnight one, big buzrug of the time. Still, life must be lived. So Nabi Islam is asking us that question. Oh, haraman mufannida. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for that old age to come that will make you senile. And at the time when age has come and caught up with somebody, then at that time to give up sin is no kamal. There's no achievement. The achievement is that a person has all that strength, that vigor, those temptations are there, that demand of the nafs is there, everything is there, and the person still says what Yusuf said in the bloom of his youth. He was in the prime of his youth. And the entire setting was everything conducive to committing what Allah Ta'ala had forbidden, but what the nafs might have de- demanded from anybody. But Yusuf in the prime of youth, with everything all taken care of, all the arrangements taken care of, but he says, Ma'az Allah, I seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala. I will go nowhere near this. And he says, he acts upon that command of Allah wa Ta'ala, Fafirru ilallah. He flees towards Allah wa Ta'ala, runs towards locked doors. But when he runs towards locked doors and he does what is in his capacity, Allah Ta'ala opens out those locked doors for him. Miraculously, those locks break. Seven doors, one after the other. But this is that taqwa, this is what Allah Ta'ala loves. That a person is in that prime. And he says, I will not commit what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And a person has already become old. Now, like a person has lost his sight. After the person has lost his sight now, now somebody gives him a long bayan now of not making bad nazari, not casting lustful glances. So now it's too late for him to even make amal on this. It's already gone. He has no sight left. But he can see. He has that vision. And now he is controlling his gaze. He is now conscious of the hadith of Nabi Islam, the hadith of Qudsi, where Allah Ta'ala says, An-Nazru sahmum min sihami iblisa masmum. This is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. This lustful glance. Man tarakaha makhafati the person who will forsake this haram glance, Allah Ta'ala says, I will give him the sweetness of iman in return. And he will taste the sweetness in his heart. Not something figurative. Not something imaginary. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I will give him that real sweetness of it in his heart. What is the sweetness of ibadat, etc., that's apart from it. So while the person in his, in his youthful years, now to restrain the nafs, this is the time. 
Otherwise, Sheikh Saadi Rahmatullah says that when it's old age, then he says that Bawakte the words in Farsi that this Garge Zalim Parhezgar Mishawad that when it becomes old, then even that old wolf, that old wolf also becomes very Parhezgar. It becomes very, very now pious. It's not attacking anyone. That rabbit is running past it too, he's not attacking it. But why is it not attacking it? It became very, very pious overnight. No, 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 it didn't become pious overnight. It doesn't have any strength now to jump towards it also. So now when it's too late, when all the strength is gone, now to say, now I've become very muttaqi, very pious. Now when a person, he grows up, now he becomes parhezgar. Automatically, with age, he becomes parhezgar. All the food is all parhez food now. So he becomes parhezgar. He can't eat this because he'll make parhez from it too. He's got diabetes now, he's going to make parhez from all the sweet things. He's got high blood pressure, so he'll make parhez. So he's become very parhezgar, you know, in his diet, in everything. But that parhezgari is a different thing. To become parhezgar and to become pious, to abstain from what Allah Ta'ala is forbidden. So Nabi Salaam is saying, now is the time. Hasten towards it. When the person has that strength, has that vigor, has all that demand. And he says, I won't go near what Allah Ta'ala is forbidden. So don't wait, O haraman mufannida, for the time when old age comes. O mautan mujhiza. Nabi Salaam is saying, what are you waiting for? Why the delay? Are you waiting for death? So a person sometimes says, well, when death starts coming now, old age is coming, the, all the joints are creaking, and oh, when a person gets sick now, then you start thinking of death. Nabi Islam says, sometimes the death will come mautan mujhiza. It will come without any notice. And nowadays what we see around us in the world, these are all things to take an ibrat from. Many a person, we are, besides whatever else we should be doing, and this is something that is the dictates of our iman. And it not, should not be just restricted to some collective program that some dua is made, or if there's some appeal for some assistance and aid, then we will spend something in our private moments. Raise our hands, make dua for our brothers. What is taking place around the world? What kind of halat they are suffering? They are our brothers and sisters. The ummah is one. Like one body, Nabi Islam says, that the ummah, the believers, are like one body. If the person's finger pains, the entire body pains. To be part of that pain, at least in the form of dua, this is something that nobody is unable to do. No matter how wealthy or poor a person is, how healthy or ill he is, how strong or weak he is, dua Allah has given everybody the ability for. And dua is something that we neglect, whereas that has the greater effect. So to make a dua for all those who are suffering throughout the world, but together with that, it is also something for us to take ibrat from. That how things change overnight. Overnight people had to leave whatever they had and run. People had to take whatever positions they could only carry in their hands. And everything else had to be left behind. People who were living in the lap of luxury are now waiting for handouts in the line. Where people are standing sometimes and getting some meal once in three days. While we should be making dua for them, doing what we can to assist them, it is also something to take an ibrat from. That life should not just now carry on like the way it is. That this is something distant from us. As we said, this global village is like something happened down the road now. It should move us into action, positive action. To at least bring our lives in order. Bring righteous amal in our lives. Give up those things that bring down the wrath and azab of Allah Ta'ala. Because this comes, our amal bring about the ill effects in this global village. If it's wrong amal. And the good amal will bring the positive effects in this global village. It's all one village now. So Nabi Islam is hastening us. That, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for death to come? Or mouth and mujhiza? This death, this death will come sometimes without notice. One person met Malakul Maut once. So he told him, when one agreement you make with me, when you come to me, you're going to give me notice before you come. He says, very well. Suddenly one day, Malakul Maut appeared in front of him. I've come to take your roof. He says, but you are a strange person. You made this agreement. You gave me your word. You'll give me notice. 
and you came away without notice? He said, I gave you notice. He says, when you gave me notice? You gave me no notice. I gave you notice. I gave you a lot of notices. Say, when I came next door and I took your neighbor away, there was a notice to you. Tomorrow could be my turn. I came on the other side and took the other neighbor away, there was a notice to you. In the Quran, Allah says, أَوَلَمْ نُعَمِّرْكُمْ مَا يَتَذَكَّرُ فِيهِ مَنْ تَذَكَّرُ وَجَاءَكُمُ النَّذِيرُ Did we not give you so much of life that if somebody needed to take a lesson, he had that chance to take it. وَجَاءَكُمُ النَّذِيرُ And the warner also came. One tafsir of this nadir and warner is that the warner is Nabi Sallallahu himself. And he came and gave the warning that beware, life will come to an end. And after this life comes to an end in this dunya, there's life after death. And then a person has to account for his life in this world. So Nabi Sallallahu came and gave this warning. And according to one tafsir, this warning is the white hair that comes on a person. It's a warning. That now white hair has come, it's a sign now that get ready. One tafsir, that when a person now has got grandchildren already, he's got white hair. These are all warnings. These are all signs. Now get ready, time is up. So, this is something to keep in mind, death. If you look into the lives of our Ahlullah and the past predecessors, what level of istihzar and consciousness they had of death. So, Yahya bin Ma'in, great muhaddis of his time. Very great muhaddis. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, such a great imam. He says, if Yahya bin Ma'in, if he says this is not hadith, it's not hadith. Take it for granted. He is such an expert in it that this is somebody else trying to just put some fraud forward, a fabrication. It's not hadith. If he says not hadith, take his word for it. One million ahadith he wrote with his hand. Such a personality. One day he comes to one muhaddis, Muhammad bin Fadl, and he says that particular hadith that you have heard, please uh, relate it to me. Certain hadith related to me. Regarding Nabi So he starts relating it. Haddasana Fulan. As soon as he still just says the first word. So he then says, but uh, I'll be happier if you read it out to me from your book where you had written it. If you read it out rather than just giving it to me from memory, that's fine. But I'll be happier if you brought it and read it out from your book. So he didn't take any offense to that. He stood up to go and bring his kitab and come, his notebook. As soon as he stood up, Yahya bin Ma'in held on to his clothes and he held him back. He said, no, no, first do this. First give it to me from memory. Tell it to me first from memory. Then you go and bring your kitab and come and tell it to me again. فَإِنِّي أَخْشَاءَ Allah الْقَاقِ I'm worried it mustn't happen by the time you go and come. Either you are gone or I am gone. Either you are gone or I am gone. Who knows? One of the two might be gone. What consciousness of death? This was their consciousness. So when a person is so conscious of death, will he put away an amal for later? This was badiru bil amal. That this was such a great amal to acquire one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu If that hadith is gone, he got deprived of hearing it from him forever. And if he went away, he went away with one hadith less. So I can't bear this. I want it now. First give it to me from memory. Then you go bring your kitab. This is what the living expression of badiru bil a'mal hasten towards good deeds so nabi islam we say what are you waiting for you waiting for death to come or mouth and mujhiza with dajjal are you waiting for the time of dajjal to come when a person in that time will be so bewildered he won't know what to do and people will just get caught up in the fitna of dajjal like flies people will just who are not firm in deen will just flock towards the jal and get caught up in the fitna. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi do wait for that. That's a terrible thing to wait for. Are we sa'a? Are you waiting for qiyamat? Fasa'atu adha wa amar. That's a very difficult time. Don't take chances for that. The time is now. Now is the time to hasten towards good deeds. To make amends. To take a lesson from the things that are going around in this global village. It's like something has happened down the road. And if something happens down the road, the whole neighborhood gets concerned. That neighborhood watch starts. And people start doing various things to look after themselves, protect themselves. We have to protect ourselves from the wrath of Allah Ta'ala.
we have to become conscious that what is going on elsewhere, Allah Ta'ala doesn't put us through such tests. But that doesn't mean that we carry on with our lives casually like nothing has changed, nothing has happened. We contributed something to some cause and that's it now. Our job is done, our duty is done. Together with contributing to the need of those who are in difficulties throughout the world. Together with making dua for them earnestly. We have to take that ibrat, take that lesson and change our lives for the better. Hasten towards righteous deeds, come closer towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, make sincere tawbah from all the sins, all the things that are distancing us away from Allah ta'ala, that are bringing, becoming an, a source of the azab of Allah ta'ala. We start making a sincere effort to give up all these things as well and the process and the prescription for that is that we bring ourselves in the correct environments. Go out in the path of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, whatever periods of time, keep ourselves involved in the local work, be in the company of the mashayikh, the ahlullah, be in pious gatherings, all these things will count towards bringing that consciousness within us and will take us forward towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil Reported in the Hadith Sharif, the person recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that he'll get the tawfiq of doing righteous actions, which will become the means of this honor on the day of Qiyamah. So we should try to do this daily, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, that daily we recite this. What we are doing jointly here is just a source of, and a means of ta'lim, just to give us the encouragement. We should be doing this regularly. While saying La ilaha, imagine that everything that is the ghayrullah, all the things that are distracting us from Allah Ta'ala, all the haram, all the filth in our hearts, everything we have thrown out. And illallah, there is a nur settling in our hearts, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha illallah
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا دل ایک میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائیں میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم said Allah hundred times with this imagination that just as we have a tongue in the mouth that sing Allah, there's a tongue in the heart sing Allah as well. Everything around us is also sing Allah. And a nur is settling, which is filling our hearts, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Allah, Allahu Jalla Jalaluhu Amma Nawaluhu Allah, 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 موسیقی آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود الہی بندرا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن 
مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہو ولکا شکر کلہو اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا و اللم تغفر لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین لا الہ الا اللہ الحلیم الكریم سبحان اللہ رب العرش العظیم الحمد للہ رب العالمین نسألوك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنیمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اثم اللہم لا تدع لنا ذنبا الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا رحم الراحمين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أصلح أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most kind and compassionate Allah most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله يا الله we are sincerely seeking يا الله your forgiveness for our sins يا الله Ilahul Alameen, forgive all our media and minor sins, Ya Allah. We are making sincere tawbah today, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, whatever is going on around the world, this is our amal, Ya Allah. We are acknowledging our deeds, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, certainly this is all due to our actions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from those things that bring down your wrath and azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, lift the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, hold back the oppressors, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant the oppressors and Zalimeen hidayat also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, if hidayat is not meant for them, Ya Allah, not decreed for them, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring such a punishment on them that the entire world will take a lesson till Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant, Ya Allah, those who are without food, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Those who are without shelters, give them shelters to live in, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the suffering and difficulty, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the hardships on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect the lives, the iman, the amal, the wealth, the property of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant each one halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your obedient and sincere servants, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to give up every, every sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to perform all of our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Let us fulfill all the obligations of deen, Ya Allah. Let us be all the time in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us your true servants, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, for too long we have been making shaitan happy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you enable us to make you happy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant your riza to us, Ya Allah. Grant your pleasure to us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Those who are in any kind of hardships and difficulties, remove it, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial problems, Ya Allah, remove their problems with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, give them the highest stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. At the time of over, they take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabars gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the water of kawthar from his mubarak hands, ya Allah. Enable us to cross pull sirat with the speed of lightning, ya Allah. Grant us jannatul firdos without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the effort of deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, use us for the service of your mubarak deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, accept all the efforts of deen that are taking place, ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayah spreading far and wide, ya Allah. Accept all the khuddam of deen, ya Allah. Put barakat in their efforts, ya Allah. Grant them sihat and afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Grant sihat and afiyat in the lives of our kabir, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, keep their shadows over us for a long time, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who ask us to make dua for them, ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Grant them all their pious aspirations, ya Allah. And all those who are present, fulfill all their needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين